Between 1972 and 1973 in modern-day Syria, archaeologists began an excavation of what they originally thought was an ancient farming village located in the Euphrates Valley in an area known as Tel Abu Hurera. The scientists were surprised to discover that there was another settlement from the Paleolithic area buried underneath the remains of the later settlement. Archaeologists were able to determine that the earlier village had been a society of hunter-gatherers who had perhaps settled in the valley more than 12,000 years ago. Around that same time period is when scientists have studied and determined that there had been a dramatic climate shift that actually seemed to halt the Earth's exit from its last ice age. Even more fascinating is that after a new study of the soil and artifacts found at Abu Herrera revealed the settlement had been obliterated by a fragment of a comet. This finding seems to support the relatively new theory that this unusual climatic event may have been the result of a single or even multiple extraterrestrial impacts. Impacts that may have resulted in, as some academics believe, the destruction of a highly advanced human culture that existed prior to the event. This case file joined the theorists as they trade in their older two-door dryas to get their hands on the newer, sleeker, and more spacious model of the Younger Dryas. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 172, The Young Adrius. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Mm -mm -mm. Back at it. It's going to be a fun one for uh, more loose conversation about theories on the Younger Dryas period. This is going to be the layman's version of what happened at the Younger Dryas boundary. As if. We got fucking <laughs> Zell, a.k.a. fucking Hancock over here. Guy's been waiting for this crazy. He's had a hand in his cock, all right. Or a oh, yeah. cock in his hand, all right. <laughs> Fully torqued, ready to talk about fucking... Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. No, I'm not I'm not expert. I always, I always liked this theory ever since the first time I read the first Hancock well, we book. We yeah, it's this. been 15,000 years. You can't expect him to remember everything that happened back then. I mean, yeah. he was, alive, I was just a, a young, young Did you gaffer. come on that? Did you come a on a fucking vampire. asteroid from the, the vampire planet? Are you like a vampire? Are you a vampire like Kalel? People Did always ask how I got here. To Earth oh, no, to he's one of those you? life force, life force. Uh... <laughs> is that what it is, though? Mm. Is there a vampire planet? Maybe. There is a movie called Planet of the Vampires. Is that a documentary? <laughs> Arrived here on just a, a, a comet about, you know, 12,800 or 13,500 years ago, depending, give or take a few. Uh, you were here for the younger Dryas, but not the oldest and older Dryas. No, actually, I, I arrived at the oldest Dryas, went, ah. went through all the Dryastas, and now we're here doing ATT. Put up with the angsty teenage Dryas years. That was a rough time back then. <laughs> I also heard that you built Gobekli Tepe. Is that true? Possible. Cannot okay. confirm nor deny any of these accusations. All right. That's fair. It looks like his craftsmanship. That, to be the that theory is about as sound as some other theories we may or may not discuss tonight. 
but still fun. Either way. Sounds like par for the course for us. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. Let's start off. Younger Dryas. So if you don't know about the Younger Dryas, a quick little uh, FYI would be that it is a strange or relatively strange and sudden plunge of temperature about 14,000. No, that's the older Dryas. Sorry. Younger Dryas happened about like uh, close to 13,000 years ago or somewhere 12, between 11,800, I think. Right, 12,900, 800, 11,600. Paleoclimatology is not a hugely exact science. So. Give, give it plus, plus yeah. or minus a couple hundred years, let's say. Yeah. No. So, they don't know it to the day? Are you kidding me? Not not, not to the minute? What the fuck's going on here? Jesus. I thought, I thought these were scientists. Yeah, I thought this was about precision. You call this science? Hmm. Bah. During this period, what you see, um, a lot of scientists... Uh, you see this sudden period of change in the Northern Hemisphere that caused the climate to become colder and drier. Quickly. Uh, quickly, relatively quickly. Ge geologically quick. Yeah, you would notice probably if you were living in Europe at the time, there's probably an average drop of temperature from two to six degrees Celsius, depending on how far north you went. And you'd see things like there, we have records or there's evidence of things like rising sea levels. There were changes in vegetation. A lot of the uh, plants went through a kind of transition where you had a lot of the, a lot of the forests that were up in the Northern parts of the, of the Northern hemisphere. You saw it turning from forests to grasslands. Like tundra kind of style, and, plateau, tund like tundra like that. Mm -hmm. frozen. And so you, then you had also during this period, you saw a, extinction or you saw severe population declines of a lot of the megafauna that existed existed prior to that that We're period of time tens of millions of fucking animals being extinct like big, fucking astronomical amounts big populations of mammoths saber-toothed tigers short-nosed bears the giant slot pretty much megafauna refers all to fake. all the cool animals that used to live in north america like we used to have horses in North America. If you didn't know, North is, uh, horses are not native to the Americas. Started here. over by uh, European settlers. Uh, the, but we did have them here at one point, but they went extinct sometime around the past. And then you had things like the... Uh, I mean, if you believe in if you believe in round earth, yeah. Yeah, That's round true. sloths, things like that. All really cool animals that you wish you could see now. Mo yeah, most of the animals over like a, like 100 pounds went I mean, extinct you definitely wish you could see them but not while you're out and about going for a nice little fucking Dude, there's hike. some you don't crazy be... looking like proto elephant that used to live <laughs> yeah. in north america fucking nuts like yeah dude i don't know if i want that one pretty stoked i don't have to run into fucking saber-toothed tigers when i go to grab my mail yeah saber-toothed tigers or the short-nosed bears like a 2500 pound giant bear it would fuck up a grizzly bear with one swat yeah yeah normal grizzlies you don't want that enough. going through your trash and yeah, can have it. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine because my fear of like if I were to, the fear of my own house cat, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a cat 80, 800 times the size of that. Well, just think about the, the damage prowl. your house cat could do. Yeah, 10 pound cat shreds you. We'll fuck you up. Oh, dude, a yeah. 10 pound cat's a big dude, cat. Dude, a cougar, like think about a tiger. A tiger would destroy you right now. Oh. Yeah, easy done. work. Easy, easy work, dude. Hey, so hold on, quick hypothetical. Think we could tame a saber tooth like our like humans if we got one from a baby and do circus tricks with it? Wouldn't that be the ultimate fuck you to the past? 
buddy, you saw what happened to fucking Hans and Franz. Didn't go well. Those guys had a bunch of white tigers and but hey, listen, fucking mauled. It didn't go well once, but what? for the most part, oh, well, a couple times. It but never let's goes say the well. Odds, all these fucking guys who have like pet bears and stuff like that all get eaten. All of I'm them. saying the number of times that yes, that is a, that's a hmm. true fact. But the number of times that we are fucking with these animal animals and just making them do tricks like they're our bitch is more often than not in those scenarios than like they're biting them. It only yeah, takes one every, time. Dude, yeah, no, then you're done. Then you're they done. They play for keeps, man. Yeah. There's no fucking no coming back from that unless without an appendage. Or like, something. do you think but, somewhere like if if saber tooth like tigers were real, there's in northern Thai like Thailand, you could go and pet a bunch of sedated ones. Hundred <laughs> percent. You would have Joe Joe Exotic would have a fucking <laughs> pen full of saber tooths, buddy. Anyways. Fucking Walmart fed. I'm okay. sure they'd be getting hunt to extinction extinction for their fucking teeth or something like that, though. Yeah, probably. Because we're pieces of shit. But okay, younger dries, extinction of megafauna. What else happened at this time? Well, what's so unusual and what's so kind of amazing or fascinating about the younger dryas is that at this point, there's kind of a debate going on about well, there is a debate, a scientific debate, about what was the direct cause or what were the leading causes of this climate, of this sudden climate change. Uh, you have the number one, we'll talk about first, we'll talk about the main leading theory, which is that there is a lot of evidence to support. And this was the main accepted theory until about 2000, like early 2000s or so, mm -hmm. that there was a sudden influx of fresh water from what was previously Lake Agassiz uh, and the deglaciation of North America. So. Prior to the Younger Dryas, you had what is known as the Bowling Alarod warming period. Is that correct? You gotta check me. Hey, it sounds sounds good. <laughs> this whole time is significant because we had the end of the last ice age was about twenty thousand years ago. So glacier maximum, all of Canada and parts of northern United States, most of Europe, like northern Europe, covered in you know two, three, or four kilometer thick ice sheets, and then for thousands of years, it's warming up more or less steady, and then a sudden cooling event called the Old Istrias first, and then that was preceded by the Bolian Oscillation, so a, like a quick warming, and then we had an Old Erdrias that preceded by the Alarod Oscillation, and then we get to the Younger Dryas, which is an even sharper decrease in temperature. So like you have this like steady line of warming and then like three events Boom, 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 within a relative short amount of geological time. Some fucking riveting shit we're talking about here. Like, Dude, <laughs> it's crazy. This is this is our history in the making. And then the Younger Dryas is such a sharp decrease back to like almost peak glacial temperatures. And the glaciers start increasing again. And that is the mystery. And that's what... Yeah, so in geological terms, it's wild times. Like this was the <laughs> shortest amount of time that this took, like it took to fucking cool, right? It was, yeah, it was just a rapid cooling within like it, like a couple hundred years. It went just like back to glacial boom. Just yep. and, that's and if you're wondering fast. how scientists know all this or how they get their evidence to support their theories on these things, we have things like we have uh, ice cores, ice core samples. You know, you drink it out of glaciers or some of the permafrost out in the, you know, up in the Arctic and stuff like that. Greenland. It shows us 
you can gather evidence and showing the temperature, the average like ice melt, what the temperature was like, what the climate was like. You also get like pollen samples in there. So you have like frozen pollen samples. You can see what kind of vegetation was kind of in the area, what was going on. You have lake sediments, ocean sediments, all these kind of sediment stuff that settles to the bottom of the ocean and lakes and, you know, stays there for a long time. Scientists are able to pick this stuff up. And from that, they can pick apart you know, th there are experts that are good well, at this and <laughs> can kind of tell you what's going on. Most importantly of all, and lucky for everybody here, we have eyewitness. We got I'll tell Zell. you firsthand what happened. You don't have, this is, this is going to be put to rest tonight. I'll tell you. <laughs> Watched we'll, it. We'll get he knows to what it. happened. He had dash cam footage of this happened. But yeah, like riding in his asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, like specifically like the Greenland, like ice core project, they drill in, they could check, check like, the ox oxygen isotopes at the time, and they found dust and pollen, and they can t pretty much deduce that at this time with a rapid decrease in temperature, and it has been, it's always been a mystery of exactly how. So let's, let's start with theory one. So this is, so Dan mentioned Lake Agassiz, which was a lake pretty much covering the Great Lakes, but also like one third of Canada. It was this giant freshwater melt lake formed by the slow slow warming of, of the earth and the glaciers are melting. It forms this giant lake. And so the main theory pretty much is eventually either the ice wall, similar to Game of Thrones, but probably way bigger and way thicker, either gives way or the water raises it up and it rushes out the bottom, causing massive floods into the Atlantic Ocean. And pretty much, what do they call that? It's, it's pretty much the Atlantic conveyor belt. It's like a giant... The Gulf Stream? It's like the Gulf Stream of the ocean. What are you talking right. about? It's like the Atlantic conveyor. It's like the simple term, but it has like more technical term. But right. So it's kind of it's like a current of like warm water and stuff that that moves around the, the northern Atlantic. Yeah, it comes it comes up from the tropics up up by like Europe and stuff and circles back, desalinates, sinks to the bottom, and that continues. And that's how that's like why Europe, even at the same latitude as Canada, like London, England is at the same latitude we're at, except they never really experience winter like that doesn't really it might snow randomly but it doesn't and that's because of this conveyor so the leading theory is probably through a series of floods from this lake agassiz it pretty much stopped this conveyor like pretty much instantly cooling the earth either through multiple floods or how many and you can see the evidence for giant floods you can see it in like pacific northwest it's called like the scab lands of washington you can see like, you know, on if you're at the beach and the waves come in, they leave like those little ripples in the sand. Yeah. There's like, but there's, they're tiny. But in the Scablands, you could, if you get a vantage point, you can see across this whole valley, giant like 50 foot ripples in the earth and giant, they have like huge, it, it looks like if you were to pour a bucket on like a giant bucket of water in the sand, it would like make those big, like sharp canyons. That's yeah. all over this the Scablands and these ripples. So they they pretty much know that there's some giant floods. And the same type of same type of stuff is located in like the northern northwest territories of Canada, like Lake Mackenzie River Basin. So they pretty much deduced the main the leading theory at the time that this baby ruptured and flooded the oceans, instantly so cooling this would, the planet. This would ri rise like also like the shoreline would go up, right? Like how much was it rising? Do we have any idea? 
Well, pr- actually, prior to the, the Younger Dryas, like because the glaciers were melting, there was like leading up to the Younger Dryas during the Bolin Alarod period. See, you probably would have saw sea levels rise to approx- like rise approximately like 200. No, no, sorry. 20 meters over 500 years or something. I think prior to that. Yeah. Prior, like before the Younger Dryas, there was something called there was two. They call them meltwater pulses. It's like one A zero and one A, and the big the one that pre- proceeded immediately before the Younger Dryas was uh, meltwater pulse one A, and it rose sea levels about fifty two feet, relatively quickly. During the Younger Dryas, you don't really see they say they don't see the sea level rise, so something else kind of happens, and that's why the theories kind of start running rampant. And we'll talk about there's more there's more another meltwater pulse pulse after the Younger Dryas, but we're, we're going to get there. So that's that's pretty much the main theory is this Lake Agassiz, or there's also a Lake Missoula, which it wasn't actually Lake Agassiz that caused the Scablands fronts. It's actually Lake Missoula, which is I think Montana. Yeah, Missoula, Montana. And there's even still debate about where the water actually was deposited after the lake because they're still trying to figure out if it was it went through the was it the Lawrence River, north. So. Well, the, so they they first they thought Lake Mackenzie or Lake Agassiz flowed out the St. Lawrence, and then they thought maybe out the Mississippi, like way down, and then they thought now out Lake Mackenzie. But Lake Missoula, they think, flowed out through uh, like Pacific Northwest, like through Washington. But they're it, right. it's hard. I mean, it's fucking any type of evidence that was there before the flood is gone. So like, it's hard to right. Hard to really find out exactly, but you can see in like you can see in Missoula in Montana, you can see where the lake level was on the hills around it. You can like see all the levels where the lake was. They're like you know, it had like a nine hundred foot deep lake that just emptied. So using things like simu- simulations uh, inside, like uh, you know, computers, computer modeling, and things like that, when they simulate the currents, they've said that uh, scientists kind of seem to agree that if it had deposited that water through into like the Arctic, like up into the Arctic, like into the northern part of the Atlantic is probably the more disruptive uh, part, which probably would have affected like the, uh, the, the, you know, the Atlantic conveyor probably would have affected it or slowed it down like 30%. Whereas if it would have deposited in the southern, like out the Mississippi, like through the Caribbean, probably only would have been about 15% is what they're saying. So they're thinking that the north wind has a little bit more meat to it. Well, yeah, definitely. It's still, it's still kind of the there's a debate within the debate, so it's it's kind of neat. Yeah, but you in, in the like Mackenzie River Basin, you can see evidence of huge floods. So that they know it went out there. They just think it, the debate is like, did it go just there or did it go multiple places? But yes, it seems like out out through the north into like the Arctic Sea into the Atlantic is the leading theory of. That that we've been that we've had for a while. I mean, this is still relatively new science. This, this stuff's only a hundred years old. So that's the prevailing theory, or it had been until two thousand seven. So when you get to like about two thousand seven, another theory comes along, and you had uh, it's uh, what's his first name? Firestone. Uh, look at the his first name. Yeah, it's Firestone. Richard B. Firestone. So Richard B. Firestone comes along, and he adds on to some work. God damn, Firestone. that's a yeah. name. Holy. <laughs> Dick Firestone? Yes. Dick Firestone. Wow. I hope he went by Dick. What a name. 
he comes along and he starts putting together a theory for an impact hypothesis that he puts forth the idea that it was perhaps some sort of extraterrestrial, not alien, but you know, from outer space uh, impact that was either a trigger or was a direct cause for all of the things that you, all of the crazy stuff that you saw during the younger Dryas, the mass die-offs, the rising sea levels, the, uh, or, you know, strange, you know, the climate change. And so this is where the impact hypothesis comes in. And so this is like what you'll see in a lot of books and a lot of things. This is, this is now the big debate between the two. Mm-hmm. Now, if you would ask in 2007, a lot of scientists came out and said, suck it. This is, yeah, fuck this theory. <laughs> it, there, there's no way. There it's was garbage. a bunch of papers written against like contesting the evidence that they pick. You know, some of the, uh, the evidence that they gathered, they said there, there was definitely uh, it, discrepancies or they said there were sampling errors or perhaps people tried to replicate it. Didn't. But the thing is, like people kept trying. So a lot of scientists kind of, you know, looked at it a little bit more critically and they started looking for different pieces. And now you see the, the theories actually gain a little bit more ground about perhaps there was some sort of impact event. I mean, the same thing happened 66 million years ago with an asteroid or comet hitting Mexico, right? Like, I don't understand why it was so hard to fathom that. Well, that, that one took a while too. Same type of thing. Like they proposed it, they couldn't find it. And it wasn't until they actually found evidence of the crater that they started, they started measuring out from there. Like, oh yes, this was a massive like ET impact. And yeah, then when was that? 65 million years ago. What do they call it? The KT no, boundary? 66, well, I know that the impact was 66 million years ago, but when did they start thinking that that was a viable theory? It was way before fucking 2006 or 2007. Yeah, we're only a couple. You're talking about the, yeah, we're, yeah, we're a couple generations from that, from that being accepted. I get what you're saying, Andrew. It's weird that they opposed. Like, why would they oppose Comet? Like, it, I think it's just maybe like it, they didn't have the evidence at the time. And so then it's it's almost like going to work and you work with a guy who's like 25 years in and you're like, hey, man, we could do it this way. He's like, that's not how we do it because we always did it this way. And that's <laughs> yeah, how it's always been way. done. The hard right? way. And, you're like, hard and way. you're like, oh, okay. And like, maybe that's, the, I kind of thought of that. Like, maybe that's a little of this where it's like, they thought this planned it, the lake stuff, like it works. There's a lot of evidence to support it, but they hear something else. They're just like, no, absolutely not. We're, we're already, my heart's, my heart's into the lake. Just like the, it's like the flat earth back in the day, but well, it's crazy. <laughs> you've got the mass extinctions of the dinosaurs. You have the radical fucking cooling. The, you know what I mean? Like it's pretty much. Yeah. I, I have the thought that perhaps a lot of people were against his, uh, Firestone's theory because he, when he kinds of writes about it, he uses a, what they usually call like a, an umbrella theory right? and that he kind of be like, this is the reason this impact event is what caused all of the things, all of the kind of strange stuff, the extinctions, the migration, cultural shifts in human populations that we see around that time. All of that was caused because of this, which is like part of you, part of your thing, the, micro, the, the impact hypothesis. Yes, that, that could possibly happen. But this is an extremely complicated event. Geological things are not just like uh, something that perhaps you could maybe call cataclysmic or something like that. It's difficult for scientists to be like, just one event caused all of that. Mm. Like we need to look at this a little bit closer. Yeah. Like it's not just this one thing. Perhaps there was a whole bunch of other things that were happening at the pot in the time. So I think that's why a lot of scientists weren't eager 
to kind of come and support it. They're like, I think there's probably a lot more that was happening at that time. Well, originally they're like, sorry, go ahead, Andrew. Well, I was just going to say like, wasn't like cataclysms were kind of like faux pas too, right? To the scientific community, because I guess when you buy into that, you've, you know, like scientists have kind of a vested interest in kind of moving away from that shit, right? Because if, when you buy into these cataclysms and these floods and shit like that, it starts leaning towards it's biblical religion. You know what I mean? And that like, I, you know what I mean? You got to think that they've got a vested interest in staying away from superstitious shit, religion and all that kind of stuff. Right. And that kind of adds some validity to it. Yeah. And they also want to take, they're trying to take smaller steps when you're doing the science. So you don't want to be like, all of a sudden, like, yeah, this impact is responsible for everything that happened. And that's why there's so much pushback. But the reason, the reason he made that, he came up with this theory in the end, because the KT boundary, the one that killed the dinosaurs, where they, they dig it up all over, pretty much all over this, wherever you can dig to find this, they find, they find it everywhere. And it's full of shocked quartz and like biomass burning and soot and like all this stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, all these are markers of cosmic impacts. But it wasn't until they found the crater, they're like, yes, this all makes sense now. And finally, all the scientists got on board and they're like, yes, there was an impact. And the impact, like it, the dinosaurs definitely didn't die right away. It would have been like, it probably caused massive climate change and like, you know, loss of habitat and they slowly died off over you know how long i'm not sure how long but they, they there's no ice samples to really you can, they can't date ice that far back so you can't you really think tell so, though like that's i've always put it's always been weird to me and obviously i'm extremely uneducated in the you know in this and many other fucking we all are uh, we all subjects. are subjects i'm you know but like that's what i don't understand like how long how for how long did the dinosaurs walk the earth hundreds of millions of years so how many different vast fucking climate changes did they have to deal with nothing at as fast changing as the impact yeah, but still like they've they've dealt with fucking they've been shit kicked with climate change i don't know how many different times you're telling me that this climate change was enough to fucking wipe them all out uh, i like yeah, to I me no even just as a kid learning i always lean more towards the impact wiping them out than a fucking climate change well the impact caused probably a huge global climate change and all the big like they probably didn't die off right away a lot of them they say it maybe evolved or devolved, you could say to fucking birds or whatever. Like, Chickens. Yeah. 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 But anyways. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Cause like they've had to have dealt with climate change in the past. Oh, well, for sure. If you're there for hundreds of millions, there would have been super volcanoes yeah. and earthquakes and giants. There's probably multiple impacts that maybe not as big, but anyways. So yeah, you have that boundary in, with the shock quartz and the nano diamonds and like, you know, glass, like the molten glass, like fused glass like that. And so it was proposed when they found there's this layer, like the black mat, they call it, that exists a lot of places in the Northern Hemisphere and Europe and stuff. And the claim is, was made that like these same cosmic impact markers are found in the black mat, you know, like the magnetic microspherals, microspherals that only form during like high heat events, the nano diamonds, the like shock quartz and like. So they, that's how it started. Like, well, that happened then as an impact. Here's another impact proxy at this time, at this mat. Here's like, here's the soot. Here's the black mat. At this, it matches precisely with the younger, driest time frame. And so that's how the theory started. Like, okay, we, there was an impact and that, an impact they say on the ice cap, either through a, like a comet, like a airburst comet, or maybe something that actually hit the ice cap, but enough to like melt a substantial amount of water 
either into vapor, into rain, or straight, just like it just flash flooded out of the glacier into the ocean. And so that's how that theory started. And then it's been a debate now 13 years in the making, and the impact hypothesis keeps gaining a little bit of steam. And that's kind of where that's kind of where we're at now. So okay, so that's it. that's number two. What else can we say about the impact? What else can we say about the impact? Yeah, like what, well, what think... can we say about the other theories? <laughs> well, let's, let's keep going with the impact. What what other is there anything else? So there's still debate as to whether, yeah, like Zell said, it mentioned it's either um they're thinking whether it's an airburst or it could have been an asteroid that actually struck, like physically struck. There's still kind of uh, a mulling about of like what actually could have possibly happened because you need an impact leaves evidence, you know? So, and that would also cause like a whole bunch of other problems. Cause it's like, okay, if it was an airburst, it's this, or is it this? Cause th there's, there's still not a consensus about what exactly the impact event was pretty sure. It's like what you, you're still left with the, the mystery of like, did it actually impact was it a bunch of little impacts? Did it, you know, was it a, do did we, did we pass through some sort of, you know, meteor uh, shower or something like that? Some kind of a, a multiple extraterrestrial objects, just like a bombarded earth. So there's still kind of, we're still trying to figure that out or they're still trying to put that stuff together. The, the, um, the shotgun effect is the one that kind of made the most sense to me when we're talking about all the evidence like left with like fragment. all the mag magnetic iron rich spherules and glassy silica rich spherules with a multitude of fucking different sites. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, the, yeah, they, that, they investigated many sites over North America. I mean, the results have obviously been challenged well, in, and to, but, from California to the Middle East, they say. Yeah. Oh, like as far fucking, as Syria. Yep. Yeah. Right. Like it's it. That's pretty wild. And then when we talk again about the uh, impact theory is like you listen to the fucking um, uh, the injuries to the animals and stuff like that. So we already talked a little bit about the floods and stuff like that. So we have the pooling of these mass mortality sites with these, you know what I mean? The mammoth bones, but these bones are fucking pulverized. And like at this time, humans did not have the ability to cause injuries to fucking mammoths like that. Well, if, if not a fucking chance, no, but what say it, there's giant, say you have huge herds of mammoths, a flood from either whatever the melting lake or the impact sets off the huge floods. The mammoths get, you know, turned around in the washing machine of this giant flood or whatever the deposited, they'd be pulverized just from the force of the flood. I don't know. Well, maybe dude, have you the same thing? Like, so if you ever heard like Randall Carlson, who did all mm -hmm. the research for Graham Hancock, for his new book he's he's, he's like, not as pretty and doesn't sound as fucking eloquent so he kind of fades a little bit yeah but he he's a geologist he he's actually like a professor of geology and he's spent a lot of time in the scablands and like researching the deposits of these like twenty thousand pound boulders like huge fucking boulders way up on the hills and stuff so whatever amount of water moved those boulders could crush and destroy anything pretty much that's fair but yeah the a fragmented comet it could be, it could have been multiple airbursts. It could have been a couple impacts and airbursts. They don't really know because at the time there was no crater that was feasible to match until we we actually talked about on the podcast a couple of years ago, they found a possible, they, well, they found a crater. It's a hundred percent an impact crater called the Hiawatha crater in Greenland. They don't know exactly how old, but they're saying like 
between like either 100,000 and 10,000 years old. So it puts it right, right on the boundary of the Younger Dryas possible. So that it, so that's the first time they found a crater that they're like, maybe this was one, but they don't really know yet. They need obviously more testing and stuff, but. And that one was like buried, it, it was like buried under the ice. Like they, that's why we didn't know about it till it's, now. Yeah, it, yeah, mm-hmm. It's in a it's in a fairly remote area that not a lot of people travel to, and you probably would have never found it unless without, you know, geospatial technology and uh, mapping technology and things like that. And they found it, and they're like, "This might be a crater that had a hand in the, or was either a contributing factor or perhaps a cause of what we saw during the Younger Dryas." Yeah, because the the ice started to melt a little bit, so they kind of seen something that looked weird. So they did like ice penetrating radar, and sure enough, it's a definite crater. They can tell by like the rebounding in the center, like like a drop into water when you like you know that it pools and then the middle bounces up. That's like a common thing for for impact craters on Earth. So they know it's a crater, an impact crater. They just don't know the exact date, but that so far is the best evidence. And then right around that time, so we talked about Dick Firestone. He has now convinced enough other, enough of his colleagues, they wrote a huge study, a two-part study called The Extraordinary Biomass Dick Burning... Dick Firestone and the Boys. <laughs> Dick Firestone and the Boys wrote an extraordinary biomass burning episode and impact winter triggered by the Younger Dryas cosmic impact 12,800 years ago. Two-parter. One, ice cores and glaciers... One lake, marine, and terrestrial sediment, and they this thing is deep. It's in like on the show. A lot of times we don't talk about peer reviewed stuff because a lot of stuff we talk about can't be peer reviewed. But this baby is in the Journal of Geology, <laughs> and it is right now. This is the Bible of the impact hypothesis, and they have a lot of people on it. I'm sh- uh, obviously as far as this type of science goes, is going back and forth. But this, if you go through it, they they go through all the samples of they found increased platinum across North America all the way to Syria and Greenland ice cores. They've all these other impact proxies that are like, yeah, these, these coincide with other impact pro- proxies around the world from different craters. So it's, it's convinced, it's convincing, obviously, or they wouldn't have wrote, like wrote this much into it. So that is now a challenging theory for the original of, of just a slow progression of melting floods causing the, like causing the Atlantic conveyor belt to slow down. So, that's where we're at on those two main theories. And the fuck, it's cool. It's really cool. Smack dab in the middle of a theory battle. Theory battle between the mainstream. Who will reign supreme? Between the mainstream boys and the. <laughs> we're taking your bets here. <laughs> who's the, what's the. Oh shit. Who's the underdog? It's, yeah, it's. What are the odds on the impact hypothesis? Oh shit, it's Dick Firestone with a steel chair. Coming down. Coming out from behind. <laughs> Yeah, so I know it's fucking. It's he's a, reaching under the ring. What's he pulling out? Oh my god, it's a bat with barbed wire. Oh my god. One theory's life is on the line. Oh my god, Lake Agassi <laughs> theory has a family. Oh my god. Um, uh, it's 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 a really interesting theory. I definitely look. I instantly lean towards the meteor. Just it, that makes more sense to me it lines up nicely with all of that period Re- really nicely. I, and I get it. It's like the one thing triggers, like you're like, boom, easy answer. Um, but I like that theory. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that at all now. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people tell you different, but 
we don't yeah. there I are don't. Cha- there are challenges yeah. to the theory there are there are scientists that do put forth that the black mat a lot of the black mats that you'll see or that they say are linked to this the impact hypothesis are products of perhaps like a you see the general shift um during the younger dryas or leading up to the younger dryas you had the the wetlands that have been like there have been prominent and and huge wetlands and then you saw a uh, retreat of the water from those wetlands. So you see all of this black mat is where the wetlands used to be. And then they dry out and then you just have this layer of what used to be these wetlands. So that's one explanation that some scientists put forth to, to challenge that theory is one thing. Then another part is that perhaps that some of these, the, the increased platinum, the microspherals, these impacts, perhaps they are from a series of impacts that not necessarily had the, the overall huge cataclysmic, uh, repercussions that a a singular impact event would have perhaps there were a, a bunch of tiny little ones not tiny but relatively like smaller you know, they were still like yeah yeah you get, i mean we get airburst like the airburst one that happened over what was it the the one that we had recently over russia russia yeah yeah so things like, like that the one with the dash cam footage of it yeah, yeah. we're crazy. earth is no stranger to these things like these things have happened in the past and having these scary fucking meteor strikes happens geologically it happens probably more often than you would really yeah, want we talk, it to happen well we talked about tunguska and uh confidential it's like terrifying it fucking just yeah. obliterated a forest like yeah. In, yeah. In, in russia like just left matchsticks like destroyed the place how many people died not many because it wasn't a lot wasn't very populated just got lucky yeah it was like six people died from yeah, art attack or something. Yeah, it would. Yeah. If that was in a populated city, it would have leveled like New York City. It would have been gone. Yeah, like St. Petersburg or something would have just like, <laughs> like been and gone. that's only that's like 120 years ago. It's not that long mm-hmm. ago. So you have these things, and then one other thing that I saw is that um, I know Dick Firestone and the boys like to try <laughs> to lump in the megafauna extinctions with the, with the impact event, saying that this was a cause for it. But there's also a lot of scientists who uh, pa- uh, paleontologists and things like that who study the megafauna. Those those archaeologists will tell you that the megafauna die-offs it's overkill. Act, well, they oh, they coincide a lot. No number one, way. they started way before then. A lot of the die-offs started way before then. You saw these population declines, but also a lot of the die-offs coincide with the movement of humans outside of Africa Not a as chance. they moved. I, they line up almost perfectly. Yeah, they do. Dude, and let's but. talk about what animals were existing at this fucking time period. What mammoths, saber-toothed fucking tigers, fucking vultures, what else? Those short-nosed fucking bears. And you're going to tell me that within 100 years, these fuckers with spears and rocks and shit so, hunted them into extinction. Wait, so not Andrew, a motherfucking Andrew, I chance. will tell you this. I will ask no. you this. What happens when the humans kill all the smaller prey that the saber-toothed tigers subsist on? In a hundred years, they're going to wipe out all the fucking millions and millions. It didn't happen over 100 years. It happened within thousands. That's one of my notes. It said it happened over a hundred years. I Okay, no, okay, here here it is. Here's that. the theory. So that that is they've always wondered that. They're like, oh, it's the overkill. They came over here. They didn't know species management, and they wiped out all the large. All the megafauna, the, the mammoths, the mastodons, all that shit's gone. But there's no evidence of them hunting predators. There's evidence they have found mammoth bones with some Clovis points stuck in the bones or whatever, but not a lot. And ha- like there was millions and millions of mammoths and shit in North America. Ha- they have no idea how many people there were. Like I don't know. But and then you look at the large mammals in Africa, which would have been equivalent size. 
they're fine until modern times and we overhunted them now, but that's through poaching and firearms and long distance killing. Like it's Do you look at hunter gatherers don't hunt to extinction though. No. So, I mean, that, that, it, that's, they've always said that it's the overkill and that's the reason coupled with the climate change. Overkill. I, I don't know about the overkill. Like, I don't agree with the overkill thing because I'm not like, yeah, humans wouldn't have that huge an effect on it. But I'm saying that because humans came in here and they made such drastic, drastic changes, relatively drastic changes, a completely new species that has the ability to hunt, has the ability to, you know, intelligence and all that would have killed off or would have changed the ecosystem in such a way that you would have had predators die off because the prey that they're normally hunting is gone. Or Wait, but you look been, at it like we we haven't done it yet. We haven't killed off fucking cougars or any bears or anything like that. And we're fucking drastically <laughs> destroying their fucking ecosystems daily. But they got smaller, I'm saying. It's like, no, we didn't know. kill up, but the large megafauna, the ones that are not, because they're large, they probably wouldn't be able to adapt as quickly to to these kinds of shifts. No. So I don't maybe know. I'm not. saying that in support of that, I would be like, that's kind of a reason that, they, but these die-offs did start. There's evidence that these die-offs started before the younger dryas. Yeah. These were already, there was already a trend towards these things happening. Not necessarily all of the... The humans may have added an additional stressor and may have happened. Oh, yeah, I can bet that. But the, it was sure. already there's yeah, we're we're firmly like into like there's humans around this time. What before Gilbeki Tepe, what did we think humans? What would they were hunter gatherers like that was it at I, this time? period. I, I got to get this out because I've been trying to I just couldn't get it out. So we talked about possible multiple fragments over mu uh, multiple years. Yeah. If, if you look at the younger dries the older dryas and the oldest dryas, they all kind of have a sharp rise. I know these are the best things. And people I can't believe that shit's real. Like, I know, that's it sounds amazing. so stupid. Well, yeah, yeah. They should fire the name guy. It wasn't fucking no. Dick Firestorm. No, the, na sure. the name is actually for a dryas flower. It's like Arctic flower. The only that would only grow during the warmer periods and in the colder periods, it would they would turn into fossils and they were finding these fossils. And I'm like, what the fuck? So it's named what after this. the first dryas and the second dryas. Nah, like, not old, aged, oldest, like the older and the youngest. <laughs> But there, there's some people who claim perhaps that I know like Hancock and Rand Randy Carlson claim like the torrid meteor shower comes along routinely every year. And like they're saying that all these sharp rises in temperature and sharp drops over these three dryases and then the subsequent immediately after the younger dryas, we had just as sharp as an increase in temperature, which is just as mysterious and less researched. So they're actually saying that maybe... The Earth, instead of experiencing one giant cataclysm from one comet, it may have been multiple ones like, oh, hit the ice cap, melted. Then they would refreeze. Oh, it come around another, you know, 400 years later, boom, hits it again. And they're, so they're saying for, there was this torrent, like, terrible time for the Earth going through this meteor shower that... Where we would pick up debris. Pick up debris. And, and not enough to, like, obviously cause a global extinction, but enough to cause enough climate change repeatedly over. So that that could account for... Maybe that's why the megafauna started dying off earlier than the, just the younger dryas, because the climate, if you look, just look at like 2000 years, it changes drastically like three times really quickly. So that could account for it. So I just wanted to mention that before we move on, because it do, if you look at the chart, you're like, okay, yeah, the younger dryas is crazy with that really sharp decrease in temperature for like 1300 years and then boom, shoots right back up. But the three, the two before that are almost as bad. So that could have something to do with it. Because, yeah, you, you look at Africa, so, large mammals still exist. 
people have been there. That's the cradle, like the start of civilization, they say, right? So people have been there forever and there's never been a kill off. Well, Dan, technically, Dan, you would still be here. Before you go here. on a Dan rant, before you go on a Dan, we got to take a beer break or else I'm going to have to find a bottle because I'm like, <laughs> All right. I'm here. my teeth are floating. Okay, we went through impact hypothesis. We'll come back with a little more Young Adrias. We'll be right okay. back. Okay, where'd we leave off? Talk about comic. We're getting ready for a Dan rant. Comic, in, comic impacts, loss of megafauna. Hum, let's let's go to let's go to human civilization at the time because there was definitely because a lot of times they call this actually the the clover comet because there was a the, or the Clovis comet because there was a Clovis, Clovis yeah. people at the time in North America. Right. So if you if you search Clovis people. You or if you've ever talked about like prehistoric, you know, Mesolithic, Paleolithic cultures, the Clovis probably will pop up there. And they're well known because of their their certain arrowheads that are found in parts of North America. And they're all very similarly constructed in these like fluted, like impact carved arrowheads yeah. that they use or use spear points, really. I don't think they really used arrows, but they use mostly spears. And so the Clovis people are a civilization that you see and appears around 11,500 to 11,000 years ago, somewhere around that period. And archaeologists, paleontologists have found, you know, the, these tool caches and these things, evidence of these spear points embedded in, you know, in mammoth skeletons and mastodon skeletons and other creatures that they have found, kill pits and these things all across North America. So humans had pretty much span the entire globe at this point or maybe not to north america but in north america at least so you have this clovis culture that exists in everywhere everywhere not not clovis people like clovis people there yeah eventually they um th this is one of the civilizations that are kind of uh cited or people refer to during the younger dryers are saying that oh they were wiped out during this period like you it's like, see it's like level decline. one age empires yeah <laughs> it's level one. they are stone tools yes yeah, so yes are, but they haven't even yeah. made the advancement to bow and arrow yet like we're, no. these are simpletons so is it my Dan, are we talking <laughs> are we we talking about them like is this the ones that crossed that bearing land bridge uh, yeah, they would have been get, those people. Yeah, they would have been those people, part of those people. So this is around like 13,000. Yeah, right? like 11,000 years ago. Okay. Somewhere around there, 11,500, maybe 12,000 years ago. And so you, you see this culture in there, and people refer to them as these, they have perhaps like, this is what you see a serious decline in some of their, in some of the, the tool caches, like where you find them. Uh, they're not exactly, you know, it's, it's difficult to date some of these things, but they're saying that's perhaps, um, that these, this culture may have been seriously affected by this. Yeah. Now human civilization there, as we see, like they're still using stone tools and things like that here in North America where the humans have reached, but you know, they didn't build any megalithic structures, but around this time, apparently around this time you have structures going up in places like Turkey, which brings you to Gobekli Tepe. Gobekli Tepe. Yeah, we, we talked about it on a previous case file, where at this time, humans around the globe should have been nomadic hunter-gatherers following herds and all the rest. And then in the middle of Turkey, this hill, which turns out to be when they unearthed it, a series of megalithic stones and circles with relief carvings that, and the structures completely facing like north and south. It's an astronomical structure that was 
purposely backfilled for whatever yeah. reason. And it dates back to just after the time, just after Younger Dryas, pretty much. Right. And as far as we know, it's like completely unique. It's and like so much older. They, they thought like place. Stonehenge was the first like megalithic stone, like astronomical and, structure. But and, this is twice as old. And that was old. what, four or 5,000 years ago? Yeah. Like they fi- figured that is? Yeah, like 5,600 BC and or something. And it's just a cut, like... I mean, big stones, but it's pretty impressive. But Gilbeki Tepe compare in comparison is just far greater. The carvings and stuff, like we talked about it before, the relief carving. So they didn't like make, they didn't cut the stones, transport them, and then carve in like a shape of a lizard. They carved the stone with the lizard outwards, like a relief carving. So they could have had to carve the whole thing at once. And it just, it seemed so far out of like, out of, archaeology they're like this shouldn't be here this should be stone age people with like they're they followed herds there's no how could they have a society this complex to be able to build this like this went a big project like you had like house and feed and drinking water for all the workers it's like a huge find archaeologically yeah it definitely and it definitely when they found this and they or they not necessarily when they found it, but when they examined this, they excavated a lot of these structures and these carvings. It challenged a lot of the theories and, and overturned a couple. And the idea that you know things like religion and and spirituality had been products or byproducts of the cultural shift that humans had from hunter gatherers to agrarian societies. So you know the original thought being that agrarian societies had a bit more time; they weren't spending as much uh, effort and things like that, and time like you know, moving from place to place, hunting, gathering things. Uh, it put you know, but they didn't spend as much time on daily survival. They had time to uh, create things like art and religion and philosophy and Gobekli Tepe, the discovery of this and a time period, you know, dated to a time period where we were still hunter gatherers or there's no real evidence for permanent settlements really, really puts that, that theory and those theories like out there. It's, it's like, look at this. It more than doubled (laughs) the history of megalithic building in humanity. Like it's double the age of stone, Stonehenge. And they're like, this came out of nowhere. So that it instantly sparked debate like, oh, well, because people always talk about like the linear progression of humans, you know, like modern humans, like we've invented steam power and locomotives and we made the railway and then, you know, then we discovered oil and like, there's a slow progression to like now the digital age, like you can kind of see how we did it. But here it's like, out of nowhere, there's this like advanced stone carving, moving giant stones, like where it should not have been. So it's like, okay, well, I guess we got all of that. We got to at least, number one, we either got to say like, okay, hunter-gatherers were much more proficient than we give them credit for, or humanity's story needs to be re- rewritten a little bit at this time. Because they haven't, they haven't found anything that really, like they don't see like small stone circles first, and then they find Gobekli Tepe. They find like, I think it is, if it's not, it's got to be one of the biggest megalithic sites in the world. If not the biggest, it is. It is huge, just not only in its depth, because there is. Um, is it? Was it Schmidt? Klaus Schmidt. Klaus Schmidt. Yeah. Klaus Schmidt, who originally he 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 passed away uh, rather recently in the two thousands, I believe. Yeah, like maybe. Uh, but 10 they're years ago. they're still continuing his work, 
and they're still excavating that site. There are still other things that they believe. There's still other structures that they believe that they have evidence to, 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 to excavate. So there's other things down there. They're not sure what it is. They've one only done the 10%. Most, They've only yeah, excavated 10%. One of the most 10%. fascinating parts about this, this thing for me or for anyone is that the fact that it's so well-preserved and that it's so well-preserved because like Braden said, it was intentionally or seems to be intentionally backfilled. backfilled. Like the people who have built it or the people who had been there during the time, they filled it in with like, like large, like not bucket and sand, basically <laughs> sand and like small rocks and stuff in the, in such a way to keep it preserved, to keep the, the structure standing. And we don't know why. And that's part of the reason it's so well datable. Because it seemed to be filled in it and like relatively quickly. So whatever organic material that they found in it was easy to backdate. They're like, yeah, this all matches. It was definitely at this time, right at the end of the Younger Dries, pretty much. So I don't know. It just, it's fucking nuts. So that, that leads to theories of, you get into Graham Hancock theories of like, well, who, like his theory is obviously that an advanced race of people, like a society of people, a civilization through the cataclysm of the younger Dryas or the preceding ones or a combination of them lost whatever they either lost a large chunk of their population. And they instilled this, his theory is they instilled this knowledge to a nomadic, like hunter gatherer tribe because they're like, okay, well, our society is pretty much done. Let's try and do what we can to pass our knowledge on. And that's when farming starts and on the, all the rest. So that's his theory. Yeah, I guess they like Gobeki Tepe would be the birthplace of agriculture as we know it right now. I'm pretty like, sure that, that's that's how the story is kind of being re rewritten. Like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't, you know, cause before before didn't they say it was like like Sumeria, Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, yeah, yeah, like the dawn of agriculture and cradle of civilization, yeah. right? So there are there are scientists who do put forth a theory that perhaps the people who lived at Gobekli Tepe would have actually had more time than you think to be like to do these things to put this stuff up because and and not have to uh resort to like agrarian you know traditional what we think of as you know farming uh techniques and, and things like that they thought that the there's evidence to support that there was plentiful game like there would be enough for like migratory species coming through there either uh you know antelopes and and whatever's the, the species of animals and and food that would come through there were plentiful enough to allow people to kind of permanently settle there without having to farm but the crazy thing is they're like when they excavate gobekli tepe they find no evidence of garbage or inhabitants or tools or anything so it's like what whoever built it cleaned it of all debris and then just filled it in as like a as a time capsule there's nothing else there there's no signs of like habitation they don't so that's like it, they don't really know i i i do know i'm not sure on what levels but they did i know i did read a few places that they did find but the bones of like certain animals that had been native to that area at the time like they did find those within the site so that's some of the ways that they can date it is they put those those bones in there. So it, it does, it, it kind of supports the idea that this was probably some sort of religious site that perhaps like these were either offerings or some sort. Well, yeah, I wonder if it's, it's interesting because it's almost like they were anticipating being wiped out and they wanted to like preserve their fucking, their history. You know what I mean? 
yeah i like that a lot that that really lines up with hancock's theory that like time capsule. maybe there was an advanced civilization um and they were just getting pulverized like this by you know a meteor here a couple hundred years they're trying to survive they get wiped like shit gets reset again on them and we've you know like vampires coming on asteroids (laughs) vampires invading we've talked about it a bunch of times but like you know what better way to preserve your like your knowledge and stuff than you know like hide it in these big structures in the mathematics of the building of them and stuff that's why i'm so excited for this to be like excavated more and mapped out because i'm wondering if like much like the pyramids we're going to start seeing these like these measurements that add up to weird weird things and that we uh start to unlock for sure and well the the hancock theory it doesn't stop at just gobekli tepe they're like because all the skeptics like okay well why would an advanced civilization just stop at one site like if they're going to keep building but then you go with like the work of what was the name uh was it shock robert shock the original yeah, geologist who, sure. who da- yeah. who's dating the Sphinx enclosure. Cause the Sphinx is like, has never, there's no inscriptions. There, there's not really any mention of the Sphinx in inscriptions in Egypt. They just kind of assume cause it's there that obviously it's gotta be Egyptian, but their theory is like, no, if you date the Sphinx enclosure, like the weathering, the last time it was that wet in that region was at the same time, like end of the younger Dryas. So like, okay, well, and at that same time, the procession of the equinox, we would, would would have been in the age of Leo, which of the Sphinx looks hell of a lot like a lion's body. The face is obviously all fucked up. <laughs> yeah. but, so that the theory is like, well, maybe because in the age of the <laughs> age of the age of the pyramids, it was the age of Taurus. And there's, Dude, there's so what you're what you're trying to tell me is that the Egyptians gave that thing a facelift, like that lady redid that painting <laughs> in Italy. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying that, but uh, Hancock and the boys are, and it makes sense. Right. So geology I, says I do have a problem with that because if I look at the if I look at the Leo constellation, I don't see a lion. I don't see any of those fucking things shown. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure when when we when we go with that one. It's it's yeah. If you tell me that looks like a bull, I like if Taurus looks like a bull. I I mm, you could probably you could you could trace it out for me, and I'd still be like mm, I don't know. I mean, the, that, the, I'm just saying that the geology of the Sphinx enclosure, they, they're starting to, they're like, this look, this looks like crazy rainfall. And the last time rainfall was in this place and that high a volume would have been about the 12,800 years ago. Right. And the competing theory is I know another one of the, um, is it, is it Mark Lehner? One of the other is, is one of the prominent, um, one of the prominent Egyptologists from like at least from the United States published a couple things him and uh, a couple other people have dated they've you know looked more closely because of shock in his theories like they've gone in and looked at the sphinx in this and their idea is that this the sphinx or they have they've dated it to be around the time of that, that khufu had existed and that's the kind of leading theories that was built during not necessarily built but they're saying that it was carved from a stone that actually was there at the time yeah so i mean Geology doesn't lie, so it's either one or the other, and that's not us for decide. But yes, obviously, it's highly debated because they still, the Sphinx is still considered part of Khufu's reign. It's the same time as the Great Pyramid. That's like the leading theory. But Hancock's, they're like, well, if it's just Gebekli Tepe, or is there more sites? Because if we go with this theory, let's say this. So twenty thousand years ago, sea levels were four hundred feet lower. So 
like the we call it we call it like the Bering Land Bridge, like from Alaska to Russia. That's all one continent back then. Indonesia is all one continent. You know, like the uh, the Caribbean, like Gulf of Mexico, would barely exist. Like we had all this land that has been swallowed by the sea. So the their theories are like maybe there was a civilization, and for it could have been a it could have been many reasons. Like most civilizations in history die because of some type of disease, right? Or like a lot of people say, all oh, Mayans it might have been a disease or whatever. So it could have been a lot of things, and then the sea swallows them up. So there could be a lot of the evidence for a, a ancient civilization is maybe buried underwater, under sediment. You may never even find it if it was ever there. So that's kind of where the theory kind of hits a stone wall. You're like, okay, you got Gobekli Tepe for sure. So until we start finding more stuff like that, that's kind of where it's Or Atlantis, sitting. yeah. Well, Atl that's always been like Atlantis because they always date. We talked about it on the Atlantis episode too. They date like 9,600 years before Solon which is whatever. So that it coincides with the younger driest boundary, the same time frame. So that's kind Dude, of every, every single like biblical event has like, and religion has some sort of flood. Yep. Yep. Right? So it's like, and there's stories of a flood passed down. So like, maybe this is that. And it's like stories from the civilization that was flooded out. Well, yeah, but the, the flood myth is so for me, like a lot of people say like, okay, the, if it's an impact, it raised these sea levels, but it didn't rate. It wasn't like one day you woke up and the sea was 50 feet up, right? It was like a, it was a, a as far as like, Oh no, I get like that. a couple hundred years, hundreds of years of that, sea level rise, that sea rise, which so is maybe a, it's like telephone over like a thousand of years. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's like, where it's like, that makes the most sense rising water. And then like closer to now, it's like, yeah, there was a giant flood, but it's like, no, we've lost the translation a little bit. <laughs> but but think of this, because we talked about the Clovis, right? But there's yeah. actually evidence now. It's called, I pulled it up here. Uh, it's in the Yukon. Oh, fuck, what's the cave called? Blue Cave. Oh, the Bluefish Caves in Yukon. That's what it is. So they like 20 years ago, they found this cave in Yukon with bones. And they dated it to 24,000 years ago. So 10,000 years before they think humans came. And it was ridiculed for a while, but then published in Nature Magazine, probably one of the most prestigious science journals in the world. And now it's pretty much accepted. Like, yes, there was some type of human culture in the Yukon, which at, at some time in the Ice Age, parts of Yukon and Siberia and Alaska were actually free of ice randomly, where the rest of Canada and like Greenland is full of three kilometer ice sheets. So there was, there could have been people to, like... So say you have 24,000 years, that's the hunter-gatherer, gather, you have 10,000 more years of be building, like building your civilization. The oldest driest comes, knocks you out, then you have Clovis people, like, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, we keep finding new things in the archaeological record that are like, oh, push it back, push it back farther. Gobekli Tepe, oh, nope, megalithic structures, another 6,000 years before. So it's just a matter of time, I think, before we find the next big one and they're like, ah, okay. Okay. I listened to uh Freddie Silva do a talk that he thought that potentially there was like an ancient civilization that had mastered the elements and uh, ancient Templars, ancient Templars basically. <laughs> and then the fire nation attacked. <laughs> uh, and they, they had elongated skulls and he was talking about that and that perhaps 
perhaps like that civilization was getting wiped out and then was passing the information on to, uh, you know, humans at the time, starting with Gobekli Tepe that we know of now. And that's like the last remnants of this um, culture. And then he was kind of pointing out to like, why, why do we look at, you know, humans practicing elongating their heads? The Egyptians. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cause they're mimicking the power of like what this species had and they had full I control think... over like vibrations in nature. And that's how they were moving these big stones. It gets really wild, really quick. I okay. personally <laughs> think that these advanced cultures passed down their information to the Egyptians and explain to them that the Detroit Lions are going to fucking suck. So you want to remodel the Sphinx because you're not going to want that fucking lion thing suck, around. Lions suck, brother. Get them out of there. Yeah. They're like, get rid of that. Get rid of the lion head. You turn it into a fucking weird person without a nose. It's going to be way cooler they than They knock the nose off. Like, ah, fuck, let's leave it. Bury it in the sand. Yeah, let's fine. get rid of it. The, um, to Brayden's point, I will, I will speak to that and say that, um, <laughs> In terms of like tradition, like strange, well, what we consider strange traditions of things like elongating heads, um, the entire Spain, Spanish, when they speak, um, a lot of their words, like they have a lisp and it will, like they will end things like gracias. They'll say it like that. That's crazy. And they say it up to this day because only one king did it and then it <laughs> really? became popular and it was considered, you know, uh, cosmopolitan new Riche, whatever like like that was the way to do it so i would not put it past people to be like humans are strange in the things that we do and then but it would not surprise me if that you know people born into royalty or some sort of chieftain had an elongated head and then they would do that who was it was it Ak it was akinemnon that had the uh, elongated Akhenaten. head Akhenaten, yeah had a weird he had some deformities i don't know if it was elongated head but he had some other stuff they call that, him the alien perhaps. people refer to him yeah, as he the, was alien the alien king, king. The alien king. Yeah. yeah yeah so he looked like pretty a sure fucking he had alien bizarre yeah for sure he probably had a perhaps too. you know strange physique or they're modeling their head stretching after inbreeding they're modeling yeah. their head stretching after an alien being they seen which had an elongated skull well, sure. and then he he goes on to say that like maybe that's why you see all these carvings of you know flying ships and stuff. It's because it wasn't aliens; it was this advanced tech like culture had advanced technology that's been wiped away. There would be remnants somewhere. Well, women. what if it got buried? What if it's under the ocean, buried under sediment? You'll never find it. The ocean's way too big. Yeah, but we're finding things. What you know? Maybe what I mean? like maybe we will. But we've talked about it before. Say this happened today. Say humans today, all of a sudden they're like, all the space agencies are like, listen, there's these comets coming, a fragmented comet. We might be able to deflect one or two, but there's no chance. There's 40 pellets shotgunning the planet. Like, like prepare for the worst. Here's where we expect them to hit. Right? Oh my God. Watch as many episodes of The Office on Netflix as you can <laughs> before you fucking Get die. them in. That Get shit needs in. to be written down. And saved yeah, for the important, yeah, but, but think about it. So that's coming and there's nothing we can do. Maybe they, they don't even let it warn us. They're like, let's let, let people live out their lives in peace and just it fucking happens one day. Just, I don't want to know. Just let me just die. Boom, just boom. It is just dead. It pelts. It pelts North America. It pelts the remaining ice sheets in Greenland, vaporizing what's left, instantly changing the climate, like relatively in geological terms overnight within like 10 or 20 years, like, fucking the glaciers are starting to form again in new places it lights you know i think they say the the black mat 
through their calculations, lit 10% of the Earth's biomass on fire. 10% of the Earth's forests go up in flames. That's And we're living through this. It burns all our uh, like high power transfer lines through the woods. We knocks out power grids, the food supply. Like our civilization overnight would be toast. Modern civilization, like relying on power generation and refrigeration. It would be we, we would see a mass human die off. Huge, instantly. dude, huge. Like I, all huge dense population centers, mass casualties. But let's say, let's just hypothetically, who is left? Who's left that survives how they always have in the planet? Well, those lucky enough to survive have, I would say, have a fucking tough road ahead of them. They're like, you're, you're not, there's no electricity. No, that, that's what I'm saying. Look, the people who really no, survive are the people who live still in the Amazon, in like the middle of the fucking jungles of Africa. Like the people who still are living like they did 5,000 years ago. get hit, yeah. Right? Or, or they're the people who have mastered the art of the fist of the North Star. <laughs> And you're wandering the waste, exploding people's heads by punching them nine times in the chest. Or that. One or the other. So not us. Not us. Definitely no. not us. Not, not us. you guys. So maybe, maybe. maybe Dan. Oh. <laughs> I'm dead. Well, like, say, Electricity's like, gone. I got a camp for, for the rest of my life. Done. Like how even how much of our buildings, though, and stuff would be leveled like and pulverized. Like if you shattered like one of our skyscrapers like just pulverized it like there's not there's just going to be chunks left of well yeah, like, i'm gonna say like most of the earth will be fine physically because like there's only so many places the comet can hit unless it's like a giant like 800 mile asteroid that just destroys the planet instantly it, you know what you can't tell people you can't because you're gonna say listen guys you have to avoid these areas it's not gonna be safe you're gonna get fucking murdered by a comet and these people are gonna say it's my fucking right to go to those areas i'm free to do so I'm allowed to. I'm a free person. This is a free country, so I'm going there. And then they die. <laughs> and then they die. Then they die. Right. You so. would have the you would have the comet naysayers. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like bullshit. It's Denying not real. the comet. Comets are real. <laughs> They're not real. Not fucking real. God wouldn't make comments. I prayed it away. I prayed it. But it's gone. It's gonna fuck off. Like very quickly. Like life is like if we if we didn't get hit, our areas right. Dan, you move here because it's, I don't want to say your area too. It doesn't make sense. So you moved here. You flew here when this hit. Are we surviving, <laughs> boys? Are we surviving? Like now in the I'm woods, not. there's no energy. Like I'm toast. Hey, We're, we are probably in the top percentage because we have hunted and I have skinned animals. And, you know, I yeah. kind of know, I would know enough that I could probably, if as long as there wasn't too many people hunting, because that's a thing. Because right now only like, you know, less than 1% of the population actually hunts. But say only 50% of the population gets wiped out by whatever. Now everyone's trying to hunt. Now we do kill off all the remaining mammals because there's not that many, there's way too many humans to support hunting. Like there's, it's not, it's not feasible. Listen, I'll keep you guys alive if you feed me. Fair. Okay, make sure, make right? sure you go to the, go to the station, exchange. grab all the drugs and medicine you can. We're, we're good for at least one lifetime. Listen, I don't want to say anything. I, we, I got you. Yeah, thank We're you. Good Perfect. You're fine. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just saying, like, if we got wiped out by a fucking fragmented comment that smashed North America, we're toast. Modern society's toast. The ones who can carry on as normal are the hunter-gatherers, the people who haven't really changed in thousands of years. Those fuckers who stab people in the islands off, where, where's that, like, off of India or whatever? Where's that fucking island that they... Oh, yeah, the... the guys that shot that Christian... Yeah, 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 yeah the those guys, guy. Uh, those guys are the king of the world now. 
Yeah, well, they yeah. told him to. They told that guy not to go there. Yeah, that's his fault. Like, there's they a reason they say him. not to go to that island. Well, that's why I know we're going to be okay because Donald Trump is going to morph into like Galactus and eat the asteroid out of the <laughs> fucking world because he's the fucking Messiah Savior, and everybody's good. It's fine. Wild times. <laughs> All right. Uh, final final <laughs> thoughts on the Younger Dryas impact or Younger Dryas whatever theory you think. I I like to subscribe to I think I like this because it's you know it's it feels so much like fantasy where like there was an ancient civilization that had way more knowledge than we realize and they just got pulverized through this time and basically a small collection at the end was left and like we said it it was hunter gatherers and they passed this knowledge on and they backfilled it and then they moved on, but that like information has slowly died. And over the years, they had to adapt to being hunter gatherers to survive. And we've just collected like the stories through the you know through time, myths of, like, and you shit. Know, the great floods and myths and all that stuff comes from this other civilization. And we've just been passing along this like trying to pass along the story, and we maybe mix it up all the time, right. But I do think everything's hidden in the, like, is going to be, we're going to find a bunch of hidden information once they uh, get Gilbecki Tepe out. I'm sure there's mathematical things about it. More shit's coming. More shit's coming. There's always money in the banana stand, man. (laughs) It's in the banana stands. Dan, Dan, what do you think? Um, I, there are some things, uh, the impact hypothesis, my journey on this whole research uh, for this topic has, has been quite interesting, quite enlightening, uh, <laughs> is what I can say. Um, and on the At first, I was like, okay, the lake hypothesis is is solid. That's whatever. That's good one. Impact hypothesis is, is yeah, it sounds kind of like bullshit. Impact hypothesis, yes, gaining ground. Uh, the, it, whether it is the, I, I don't think it's a direct cause. Um, I think it's probably, it might have been an added thing in there so if we find more evidence about it yeah sure it sounds super thing the the whole thing about having a uh, advanced civilization that went for some reason went to gobekli tepe and turkey from wherever they were then that was the place that they ended up settling and then teaching these people how to i guess carve stone and then but they don't teach them well, I guess my conception of an advanced society is that they would be able to write or they'd have some sort of language. They'd probably be able to use and make pottery or something like that. that, that that's kind of the normal markers for an ad, advanced society. But we don't find any of that at Gobekli Tepe. Not yet. Not yet. So, you know, uh, so some of that. So if we found some of that stuff and there was like writing and tablets and things like that. They were like, where did this writing come from? We knew writing has evolved out of this. Gobekli Tepe is a is an absolutely amazing and fascinating site. It challenges a lot of the traditional theories that we have. And it's great because it is, it's a really good way to show that science does its adapt. I really kind of get miffed about people being like, oh, it's big academia, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, science changes. Just you slow. just need to the evidence you need to be able to support your theories. You can't just go out there and be like, this star looks like a lion. The Sphinx looks like a lion. So it's made during Leo, whatever. Like you putting that together is like, th- that's what like the interpretation of the stars are different all over the world. And what they see, like the, the Chinese have like 132 constellations while the Greeks have like 22, mm. uh, whatever. But 
you know, I, I think it's really neat that, that, that if you want to look more into the Younger Dryas, it's one of those things that is, a, is an interminably complicated situation. Like paleoclimatology is a cool thing. Like it's, 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 it encompasses geology, anthropology, you know, archaeology, paleontology, all of this stuff, like all of these specializations in science. And it brings them all together to try and explain this one event is super cool and super neat. And people should look at it. Yeah. Complex <laughs> for sure. Andrew, what do you think? Why? You asked Dan already. Like, you, you know, you know, you have to ask me first Ditto. before you ask Dan because now there's no fucking point in me saying anything. You gotta say something. Um, I think it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> I think we should be putting all our fucking money and budgets into fucking NASA to protect us from what is I'm sorry, the torrid, torrid meteor, torrid, what meteor stream. Yeah. yeah. That's our like, common, to that's say our that this isn't going to happen again right away. This could happen at any point in time. We have no, like that one we talked about, the Tuskegee or whatever. Nobody had any idea that that was coming. Tunguska? Tunguska. Tunguska, Tuskegee, whatever oh, fu the fuck well, it's called. The fuck no. That's why you asked Dan first. Or after, sorry. No, anyways, I like it. One theory. of the facts that I wanted to check in. That's a good point. I'm, I'm all for putting more money into NASA. 100%. Give them no. all the money. I don't this, care. That is, <laughs> that is the most imminent threat that we have to deal with. It, is it not? It could be. It is a glow. It is a, it would be considered a global and you know existential threat. So I would like, be like, yes. Give the them stat. Money the stat I that. had heard about that is that currently we are spending money on like looking at asteroids that could potentially kill us. We, the budget for that is the same as one McDonald's franchise operating for a year. Like that's the same budget. Like that was the equivalent. I don't know. I Have didn't look at it myself. McDonald's new spicy McNuggets. I, I mean, goddamn. <laughs> listen, <laughs> they brought need... the McRib back. Okay. <laughs> no, listen. We need to have a staff of fucking Alberta oil field workers on standby. On standby. On standby <laughs> yep. All right. On retainer to drill into those motherfuckers. Frack Ready it. to go <laughs> right away. Yeah. I mean, God damn it. I could agree that the the younger driest boundary and the like whatever happened, not just the younger driest, but the previous two driest as well. Because if you if you look at if you look at the progression of the warming, Andrew just can't take the fucking the old, the older and the oldest driest. It's impossible. He just can't do it. It sounds so dumb. It's like something I would come up with. It just sounds. Ridiculous. It does sound. I'm not gonna lie with you there. It, like they could maybe come up with something better, but. It's all based on that fucking flower that was fossilized and blah, blah, blah. But if you look at the warming from the last ice age to modern times, if you take away these three dryases, like these crazy, sporadic, cl global climate change events, it's pretty much linear to normal times. So something obviously drastic happened. I think personally, I don't think one theory, I think, yes, it was probably an emptying of the flood basin of Lake Agassiz or Lake Missoula or a combination of both. But I also think it could very easily have also happened with some type of impact, whether it be air bursts or a combination of air bursts and impacts. And this was such an, a, a complicated event is why is no one can make a solid theory stick because it might be a combination of both. It might've happened where like, okay, yeah, the, the Lake Agassiz emptied at the same time we're going through the fucking meteor shower and boom we get air burst and then that's because a lot of people say i was reading that the emptying into the conveyor belt yeah should have stalled temperatures for 100 or 200 years but not for 1300 so that so could have been a combination of events and then like the black mat sure 
yes, the marshy lands could account for some of the black mat, but you find it all over North America. You find it in Syria. They found it in Antarctica, the sample, like the impact proxies. So eventually I think my, what I think is going to happen in the next 10 or 20 years in our lifetime is this theory is going to gain more and more ground. They're going to find more and more evidence. And, uh, Dick Firestone and the boys are going to prove their th theory sound. But right now, obviously, I can't say it is because it's not. And they, they'll even tell you that. But eventually, I think they'll get it. And what's your thoughts on, like, humans in this time? The human race at this time? Well, if you go with the linear progression of humans, we've been around for, they keep pushing it back. I think now they're saying, like, 400,000 years at least with our brain capacity. So to think that we've just, we're stuck forever at hunter-gatherer smashing bones and rocks together, I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they find more Gebekli Tepe st type stuff. They're like, okay, we got to push human technology back. They were working with stones. So I think humans were more advanced at one time were, were reset. Do I think that we transferred our knowledge to hunter-gatherers? Maybe not. Maybe we just were more advanced at one time and through just like the Mayans built insane pyramids and the Aztecs built insane pyramids and then their society collapsed for whatever reason. That's probably happened so many times that's been erased through like, geo like geology of like the changing of the earth that we, just, we may never find it. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we've become advanced. Maybe not. I, I, dude, I like that too, that we've just been getting that advanced for way longer than we ever think. Yeah. Not, like, not spaceships or power generation, but we've, you know, we've had societies and they've collapsed so many times that they've been erased by like, as they, the earth swallowed them up and we never find them. And there's no way. So you think we're at the peak right now is the peak, the furthest we've ever got as a race. I think where this is the furthest we've ever got, because if you look at the climate over the last, you know. 10,000 years. high scores. It's, the climate's been steady. It's been relatively steady. I know we talk about climate change and that is happening and stuff, but it's relatively steady for the last 10,000 years. Nothing really too extreme. I mean, they think some, we'll talk about another time maybe, but like the dark ages, there was a tiny, like a little mini ice age, like a, a rapid cooling, but not very much. And there's a couple of those that, you know, go with like the reset of humanity from, you know, Roman empire to dark ages. And then the plague and then uh, you know middle ages we built building cathedrals and plague and like that all that does coincide with other small cooling events but rel really really small compared to younger dryas so that's why i think i think we've been advanced to the point where we got reset and it's been swallowed up and uh, we may never find it that's my personal personal thoughts on it but fun topic fun topic something a little different for alien theorists but you know get yeah. a touch on everything here and there now, why don't we, before we get into anything like that, uh, we had the first meat draw in January. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was won by Aunt Tori Story 303. Uh, congrats for that. Uh, as you're listening to this, funny enough, it's the February meat draw. Starting up. So all you got to do is go to our socials, find the meat draw post, uh, tag three of your friends and give us a follow and you're entered. If you're on our Patreon for $10 or more, you're already entered into the raffle. Yep. And so it's a win-win. Get yourself a shirt, a mug, a sticker, or it's going to be a sweater, a mug, and a uh, sticker. Oh, and wait. You're... We got, I got something to add to the meat draw this month. I forgot to tell you. Oh, the book. So we, ha yeah, we have. You did tell us. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot. What was the name of the book? 
a, 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 Succubus or a something. Patreon supporter has written a book. It's called Succubus. It's coming out soon. And we said uh, we'll put it in the meat draw this month. And next case file, we'll give a shout out to the book because I think it actually comes out next week. So we'll do that next week. But Perfect. Get on there. You're going to have till March 1st uh, before the, it's, the meat draw is drawn. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into some space news. What are we working with? Well, first off, um, this Earth, the Earth was spinning faster last year than at any other time in the past fifty years. Well, it didn't feel like it. <laughs> no, it couldn't go by fast enough. I mean, goddamn. I mean, even Earth is tired of twenty twenty one. Yeah, <laughs> trying to speed it up. This is tired of twenty twenty. Um. Yeah. So I guess atmosphere pressure and winds and ocean currents. Um, you know, affect these, give slight changes to the Earth's rotation. And uh, it's kind of a normal thing. It happens from time to time. And this year it was just a little faster. 0.4 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Fucking whew. flying, uh, baby. Still faster. Yeah. Not lying. <laughs> 0.4 seconds yeah. faster than last time. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like that measurement, I just, I don't know if I trust our instruments. <laughs> Hey, in a Formula One race, that would be like miles. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. last year they they're gonna say they don't have to add every once in a while they have to add a leap second to the to the actual clock. And so now they're not gonna have to do it because it's usually about a year and a half they add a leap second to our our clocks. What? Yep. They're meddling with our clocks. They're, I never even knew this. Well, they're, they have to, they gotta add a leap year because we actually have like a thirty six. Or 365.25 rotations so every four years they fucking add a day and yeah. every year and a half they have to add one second but last year was 0.4 seconds faster so they may not have to do that they're just gonna round it round it up yeah yeah perfect um what else did i have here oh i had these were actually pretty cool uh breathtaking close-up of mars ground grand canyon um you're gonna be able to visit that in 2028 Part of Elon Musk's yeah. uh, partnered with Amazon uh, Grand Canyon helicopter flights from Vegas to Mars. Mm -hmm. uh, or Mars Vegas, I guess it'll be then. We'll probably be have a full Vegas on Mars. Yeah, totally. Uh, the pictures are astonishing, though, like pretty detailed, more than I thought they were when I read the headline. Um, I don't know if I guess we can't pull it up. Go to uh, sciencealert.com, look oh. up. Uh, Mars Grand Canyon. It's crazy because cool... on, on Mars, similar to the moon, like the moon is smaller with less gravity. So like mountains can get way bigger and cabins get, get way bigger. Same on Mars. This fucking Mars Grand Canyon, eight to 10 kilometers deep. Insane. 810 kilometers long. Like it's fucking. It's a big fucking canyon. Not a big it, canyon. It must have been. It's probably formed. Just going to say it by an ancient comet impact on the Mars Ice caps causing drastic flooding, similar to <laughs> similar to Earth. I don't fucking know it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those of you who've seen, either. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Have any, any of you guys? I was there one time. Was it was it breathtaking? It's quite grand, I would say. <laughs> I, I've just never been, but so I wasn't sure if it. When you see it, do you go like, holy? It's yeah. It's, do you do you second? Do you like? I'm so small like, and that's insignificant. A big hole. Like that big? It's uh. <laughs> 
It's huge. It, I mean, it, it, it lives up to its name. And I went to the place, uh, it was like a tourist spot where they have like a, a glass floor where you walk yeah. over the Grand Canyon. And you just oh, see the crazy. tourists from all over the world just like cowering. They're like grabbing the rail, like trying to <laughs> scurry across <laughs> shit. And then you jump behind them and slam it. Like, boom! Freaks them right out. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, the Grand Canyon is actually five times shallower and ten times shorter uh, than the Mars Grand Canyon. Yep. So that could only, oh, wow. yeah, So what? I think we start a petition because once Mars becomes a colony, we want to be like, we're going to be like one big human colony. Uh, we should just be calling it the canyon on Earth from now on. Well, think about it. Uh, Mount Everest yeah. is under 10,000 meters high. So it's like a Mount Everest size canyon. Yeah, it's, it's fucking nuts. It's it's Mount Everest in reverse. Yeah, just carved into the ocean, into the crust. Cool shit. Um, what else did I have here? Did you guys have any space news? Sorry, those are the those are the two. Those are the two fun. Those ones. are the two top ones. Um, why don't we fire up the randomatron and do a fan st- submission? Randomatron coming up. Up. I'm glad it's working this week. Yep, we're good. Comes to teletype. Got it. Wow. Amazes me every time, this thing. Uh, all right, this is from... This is a submission on our Discord server. This is the first one we've ever... Actually got pulled out of the randomatron from here. Wow. Amazing. Um, so if you're on our Patreon, you're on our Discord, you can submit fan stories to our fan stories uh, board. Is that what they're called? Mess- message sure. board? What's well, a fa- channel. Uh, fan channel? Channel? Yeah. Fan channel. Yeah. channel. Yeah. Fan stories channel. Our family fan stories channel. And there's always a chance that the randomatron will pick it up. Uh, this is from, should I say the username? Yeah. yeah. Is that fine? Do it up. Yeah. Uh, hell of a twist. And this is her story. Just retold this story recently and realized I've been meaning to tell it here for a while. It's been a while since I posted, been lurking due to life and moving. So my very last rental was a 110 year old character heritage house. Our sunroom and living room would actually get a horrible smell if it had rained too heavily. Found out from the landlord it used to be a homestead and he figured the smell was due due to a dead horse or animal buried somewhere on the property. Just a nice moist horse corpse underground in your house. Lovely. That's good. That's good juju, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, Well, last June, my cousin and sister came to visit. After a couple drinks, we got onto the topic of spirits and Ouija boards. Eventually, I was convinced to do a Ouija session in my house. Nice. Obviously, None of us owned an actual Ouija board, so naturally, we made our own using an old pizza box. Everyone knows it doesn't work unless it's stamped Hasbro. Has to be Hasbro. Yep, has Has to be Hasbro. Has to be Hasbro. 100%. They imbue it with whatever necessary magic at the Hasbro facility. Probably probably children's blood. They have seven dark sorcerers on staff. (laughs) All times. Yeah. All times. Hasbro is just the, that's the acronym for the first letter of all their names, all the sorcerers' names. <laughs> yep. So, uh, anyways, overall, we had a good session. 
I, yeah, you got pizza. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, we had a good session. I did come across the notebook I took notes in while packing. I'll look for it here again soon. I do remember one of the spirits we connected with said his name was Za, and he died in a car crash in 1992 in Alberta. Quick Google search didn't give us any results. Uh, maybe I'll have to do a deep dive into that one day. This couldn't have been more than a couple years or a couple days later. I let my dogs out for their morning business while I had a smoke. That's when I noticed my cat on the roof. I snapped two quick pictures because I thought it was cute and funny. I uploaded the pictures on Facebook, woke the kids up, took them to school and went to work. It wasn't until I received a comment on the pictures a couple hours later that I even noticed it. There was nothing there when I took the picture and I took them one after another. I tried multiple times to recreate it. And uh, hell of a twist sent in two pictures. Uh, Zell, I don't know if you can pull them up. That appear to be. It looks like, like the head, it's like or a, like a spear or something. Yeah, it looks like a fucking. It's a goat. Oh, why are you playing fucking spooky music? That's what I do. Yeah, that's. It looks much, like man. it looks like either I can't tell if that's the shoulder or the top of a head, and I can see the top of the eyes. It's a ghost, is what I'm looking at. Ghostly apparition. You see eyes? I can't. Well, see if eyes. if you look at the first picture that Zell has up, the first one there. If you look at that and you look closely at the image, like I can kind of see a slight round below. And that's what I see anyways, is like a, a, a head of hair and like two shallow eyes, but it's definitely a, some sort of figure and it's obviously moving. The, and it looks like to me, like the roots are showing on top. Like, do you see like there's a, there's yeah. some dark, there's a dark patch on top of the figure. The yeah, like I see, I can almost clearly see an ear when my imagination. It's like looking at one of those weird fucking, you know, paintings. That's all the mixtures. You got to unfocus your eyes a little bit to see it. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a definite <laughs> ghostly apparition, hundred percent. That is creepy. That's fucking creepy. But honestly, it's very fitting with how creepy that doorway looks. Like it creeped me out, and it smells like rotting horses. Yeah, that's uh, that's fucked. Get out of that house. Yeah, it's the ghost of Seabiscuit. <laughs> it's it, revenge. It's interesting to, I mean, they to get those kind of uh, answers from a Ouija board too. I wonder if anyone knows wants to do some deep diving of uh, anyone dying in a car crash in Alberta, in 1992, uh, with some sort of name Za, but Zah, like or Za in the name. Oh, was it Zo maybe maybe it was supposed to be, maybe they thought or the, oh, Zozo was pizza delivery man a delivery listen, man Zozo yeah. anything oh I delivered the Z Zaw <laughs> listen if he was we ever summoned by Ouija, the pizza board and if it goes to fucking Zed it's done we're fucking flip done. it flipping the table over going right to Zozo every time no no Zed right to Zozo we want nothing to do with that shit or Zelzel one of the two was it a Zach it's just or was bad. it a, a that's awesome that's Z Zed the man of steel himself. Great story. I love that. That's fuck. I love a good Ouija board <laughs> yeah. story. Initials were Z A Z A L. All right. So you got a theorite of the week? I think Andrew had a theorite of the week. Fucking messaged us earlier. We Jesus gave him a thumbs Christ. up. Yeah. I think we got a two. Uh, there was so much good shit this week. It was tough. There was a lot. Yeah. Talk about some of that good stuff really quick. There was a lot um, of good memes. From, my personal favorite was the one of me someone photoshopping it's like your face when you see the word photography I had a pretty good laugh at that one well yeah uh, usually it's like the alien outside the window but they uh 
Just put Braden's face. That face. I had me stealing the it, the whatever Declaration of Independence. Yeah, the uh, nas- National Treasure style. Yeah. National Treasure style. Uh, there was some. There was some gold stuff. Good last stu- couple of days. I mean, it was like uh, it was a great week for memes. Just the, all the events that took place in uh, that beautiful, right, beautiful nation's capital there. Okay, first of all, we're getting we're in, he's not theored out of the week, but we're giving him a shout out because he's had a really shitty day. He deserves it. He's a beauty. He's all over Discord. He's one of our favorite fucking members on Discord. Lizard Caveman. Yeah. We feel for you, buddy. We love you. You're a beauty. Woo. Take care, man. Hold in there, brother. Um, and our official theorite of the week is Aaron Richard Bukok. 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 Not Bukaki. Just Bukok. Um <laughs> I think we should repost this image if we can. It's the fucking funniest thing I've seen on our Discord in a really long time. Which one's that? He he posted a picture of the world's oldest tractor. <laughs> and God, on it so he says fucking funny. He says, just wait till you see what I've got in my freezer. <laughs> God, dude, that made me laugh. That made me laugh for like Listen, five whole minutes. Like I was we, fucking cracking up. Our our Facebook group's got gold. There's been tons of good shit with like Braden's face. Lots and of good like stuff. everybody's broast and Braden. Awesome, hilarious. That shit was funny. This guy's funnier than all of us. That was fucking golden. Like that this was Aaron probably, Richard Bocock. Honestly, that was probably Dan, one of the funniest. Dan cracked no, up. That was gold. One of the fun, for some reason, that made me laugh like more than anything else. Like I was just like, fuck, that's what... Just thinking about a fucking... The oldest tracker in somebody's freezer <laughs> was funny. And the fact about the whole story about something being in your freezer for the, like fucking six... The Minnesota Iceman being stuck <laughs> in your freezer for six years or some shit... Fuck, that was giggled that my ass really off. Really it was pretty funny. I had a good laugh. It was too. hilarious. It's it's like, hey, you guys want to see something cool? Everybody's over, like, you know, 1970, whatever, getting drunk, hanging out. Hey, you guys want to see something cool? Like, ah, Wait, is this the oldest <laughs> tractor? Can we see is it? Is there a dead body in that freezer? Even better. I, Boom. He's like, oldest I probably tractor. shouldn't show you guys this. <laughs> Fucking gold. I shot this out in the Minnesota wind. We'll do this one too. That was really funny. Yeah. Fuck. It made me a lot of out. a lot of the memes though about the the Capitol building riots and storms that may have been reused or not reused. So we couldn't really tell which was which were original or not. But there are a lot of good shit about that too. I mean, hilarious. Great. Choose your character. Oh, that was good. Choose I your, saw that a lot. Oh, dude, so funny. Just. <laughs> Obviously, that's a really shitty event for America, and we feel bad for you, but... Five people lost their lives after that bullshit. That's fucked. Crazy. Fucked, man. Fucking crazy. You lost your life over a fucking guy that looks like he ground up some fucking Doritos and took a fucking little roll like your dog when he's trying to dry off. Hmm. A guy that does not give a fuck about you. The guy that barely even helped Kevin McAllister out. <laughs> as a douchebag. <laughs> he is. I, don't, I said it. I don't care. Yeah, we don't talk about politics, but sometimes these guys say, fuck... Yeah. God damn it. What is going on? I mean, you took away you took away the guy's social media and everybody's complaining about it. He's still the president of the United States of a fucking America. He could make a press conference and denounce everything that took place. Yeah, let's get we'll get into this yeah, in we'll the after, more after hours, hours on that. You know, sorry, what? it sorry, does I'm just it doesn't I'm not surprised. I am not surprised. I find it a little odd that you choose to say something now that the liberals uh have all the power. Interesting. <laughs> Oh, what do you mean? I'm a conservative. I vote conservative. Well, uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. We'll get to the bottom of this in after oh, hours. All right. Just just a letter. Conservative in Canada is extremely liberal. So. It's a uh, in Canada. I don't know why. Where the fuck is my Zeltron music? Yeah, cons- conservative in Canada. We have uh, 
we got center left left and we got center left and that's liberal <laughs> conservative but <laughs> different <laughs> anyways if you're not supporting the show on Reddit, already on Patreon for your early access to case files bonus content and the rest of all the shit we do on there for you head over to patreon.com slash alien theorists podcast or find the link in the description is that too loud for you are you just twitching your mustache all right this week's patreon supporters we got Lyndon shepherd slug dog for 16 what Lyndon 16 oh, okay there you go slug dog went up to ten dollars a month Give a big old round of applause to the Palladian gentleman supporting at the top tier. Appreciate Woo! it. Fuck yeah. Cody Bumgardner. Stefan Clendenin. Powell Betkoski. Christel Rowland. David from Texas. Serge Duchette. Voop de Boop went up. <laughs> That's a great fucking name. Boop to boop. Went up to ten dollars. Ten dollar pledge from That's Weird Ziggy. Noel. Jordan Thurman. A full one year pledge from Simon Griffiths. Save yourself ten percent. Support your boys for a year. We appreciate it. Oh yeah. William Henderson and Leaf Weimer went up to a ten dollar pledge to get into that old meat, meat draw there. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And as we always like to say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in after hours. Peace.